0: You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the
1: can-eat-more... getting
0: this book on ufo's did you know they're real but there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up oh that's just a paranoid
1: fantasy i want to be a book you can pick me
2: up flip through my pages make sure nobody drew wieners in me
0: Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we can't have any pudding if we don't eat our red meat. <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, the devourer of nations and destroyer of worlds. <laughs> Benedict, What is the lamest local food tradition mm. you are familiar with? So maybe, I- maybe more like the, the most overrated would be the... <laughs> The better way to describe it, you know, like an like an iron brew mm. or a New York hot dog. What's the lamest one you're familiar uh,
2: with? Okay, okay. So th- that I'm familiar with, or that mm-hmm. I'm personally associated with. Let's say or... that you've
0: you can go with whatever you want. One that you've tried, one that you know of. Go for okay. it. The world so is your oyster. I, I
2: think the lamest food tradition I have tried is probably Pennsylvania's water ice.
0: <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Which is just flavored ice. Like it's, okay, I was going to
0: say, water
2: ice, yeah. um, ice, ice there chips. are some connections Ice there. chips with some flavors in it. That's mostly famous because of the way they say it, which is wood rice. So, wood rice so a, a snow cone? You're talking pretty, about a snow cone? Yeah, but then they're super proud of it being water <laughs> ice. It's very weird. I don't get it. Uh, I that, can't see and then,
0: your wife on the video, no, but she I know knows. she's from Pennsylvania, yeah, and I'm sure she she's staring daggers. No, yeah. no, she doesn't
2: care. She, she knows it's lame. She endorses that it's lame. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I have to do one from the UK as well. as like a okay. um, I think probably, yeah. I mean, Iron Brew a good one. Scotland is like very mm. like, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: drinking pennies.
2: I would say, yeah, yes, I drink. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> what else? I think I, Plowman's, it's not bad. It's just like it gets built up as this like amazing, mm. ooh, like the Plowman's lunch. Which Mm -hmm. is like it, it, and it was for like farmers and stuff originally. And it's just like it's white bread with cheese and pickle. And that's it. Like, (laughs) but like. Like relish, not not pick, not like a dill pickle, not but like, like a sliced pickle, just no. like a, a
0: a gob of, of relish dropped. Yeah, exactly. There.
2: And they're like, "Oh, the ploughman's lunch." No, it's a fucking cheese sandwich. Like, with some pi- relax. Like,
0: hey, I have been known to enjoy a cheese sandwich. No, a in cheese my sandwich day. is Plenty fine.
2: But let's be honest about what it is. It's a cheese sandwich. You don't. A cheese sandwich does not need a special name.
0: It does seem like an attempt to, yeah, to get a little to bit fan- uppity, which I would expect up, yeah. from you Brits, yeah, after yeah, yeah, all, you know. we know how you are with yeah, those things. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that, yeah, definitely. I, okay, I think, I think that's enough for me. What about you? <laughs> for me,
0: I was going to go with right, where I currently live right now, Washington, D.C. Uh, one of the local specialties is called the half smoke, mm. and it's a sausage, it's half pork and half beef. Okay. And the sausage is fantastic. I love it. It's great. But anywhere you go to get it, the typical way of receiving it is smothered in chili and cheese. Oh, so it's just a cheese it's just a chili dog. Yeah. They turn this great sausage into just a chili dog. Okay. It's a it's a crime. It's a fucking crime.
2: <laughs> Alright. Okay. Yeah, I mean I I've I don't think I've ever had like a chili cheese dog or chili cheese fries or anything oh. like that.
0: Oh buddy, we're gonna put it on the list. That's on stuff the stuff we're gonna have to force down your gullet after you become a citizen.
2: <laughs> I always saw chili Absolutely. cheese fries on TV and I was always like, yeah, I want that, and then I've never made it happen.
0: Oh, we're gonna let Guy Fieri take you to Flavortown. <laughs>
2: keep
0: you locked up keep you locked up in the Flavortown basement for a week. Alright, All right, well Benedict, you probably know. But Maybe the listener doesn't know what exactly it oh, is. Oh, they know. Kevin, they know. Do they
2: know? They, they know. might not. They there know. might be one or two I new
0: know. ones. I okay, never well, know. Hello they might not know What it is we do here. And of course, you know, what we do is
2: we dig
1: Talk down. about
0: food.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we dig down deep. Some might say, you know, a few people have been known to say, I've heard people say, all the best people say that we dig down deep,
2: deep enough deep, to deep. move all the chili out the way to get to the half smoke. <laughs> is that how deep, how deep we dig?
0: Well, we dig down so deep into the yellow cellophane bag, looking for the completely unblemished, the perfect, the intact funion of right wing
2: thought. Okay.
0: So I, I stuck d- with food there. Yeah, I okay. stuck with food for you.
2: I put my face real close to the camera so I, you could, I could see. <laughs> so you could I see can how. I not
0: come up with. What do I dig ahead. for in chili? What would I be digging for in chili?
2: <laughs>
0: we made it through. It's all right. But anyways, Benedict, why don't you start us off? Do you have a hot take
2: for us? I this do, week? for once, and it's not just me looking around my apartment. This comes direct from my dinner today, um, and it is that grilled fruit is extremely underrated, and I think people think it's good, and it's still underrated. So cooking fruit like stone fruit or pineapple or mm-hmm. like anything like that. I just had some like ginger chicken thighs, and then like fried mm. up some peaches with like a thyme honey butter. Like reduction thing. Oh my god. So good. It's so good. There's a New York Times recipe for it. Everyone should check it out. Fry fruit. Fry all your fruit. Grill all your fruit, especially stone fruit and pineapple. Benedict? Have you been cheating on me, Guy Fieri? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he gave me that recipe.
0: (laughs) Why are there frosted tips in the sink?
2: (laughs) Oh god. That has so many so many implications that I don't want to think about. How did they get there? What happened? <laughs> um, but yes, anyway. Cooked fruit. your fruit, cook your fruit. Cook, but, but outside of dessert, like everyone knows fruit pies are amazing, but incorporate cooked fruit into your entrees is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, you know, I, was,
0: tell, I was telling you before we started, I just uh, dehydrated like 20 pounds of fruit today.
2: I mean, I guess uh, cooking is another way of dehydrating. Because I want to
0: be, be on the toilet for the next week. So that's, <laughs> that's the whole plan.
2: Yeah, okay, you're know, try, trying to lose your deposit. It's my but.
0: lifestyle, and I will live it how I choose. <laughs> what
2: about you? What's your hot take?
0: Uh, my hot take this week, Benedict, The Matrix is not a deep movie. And I'm tired of everyone who thinks it is, because they're all idiots.
2: Interesting. Go on.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that's all I needed to no, say. No, I don't need on. to go any deeper than that, because the next person who puts up a fucking red pill meme is going to get slapped by me. <laughs> Well, That's you, not okay. There are parts of the Matrix that for its time, you know, when nobody was talking about the whole simulated universe theory and all that shit. There it was it was presenting new ideas that outside of certain areas of science fiction you hadn't seen before and did it in a really cool way. And the first movie's great, the other one suck balls. Mm. But the movie itself is not particularly deep. It's not positing any particularly difficult philosophical dilemmas or anything. The red pill and blue pill is not that great of a metaphor. And it's definitely, definitely not appropriate for everything that every right-wing douchebag thinks it is today.
2: I'm fucking sick of it. Isn't it partly a metaphor for the Wachowski sisters, though? Like, they're they're trans trans women so is it is it not partly that i thought they've said it's partly like about them i think
0: i think maybe they have i also think that maybe they had an idea and have put you know because artists tend to add over time different things to meta you know things they put into their work in the past it's possible but um, oh, it definitely or, or doesn't not... apply to every douchebag oh, who no. No, starts no. a fucking blog that but, wants to scream about Trump but, is doing president. But I, I
2: I do love when one of the Wachowski sisters comes out and goes, you know who made this movie, right? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: thought it was
2: Wachowski. It is might Wachowski be or It Wach- might be. Yeah, but please. You please just don't correct know how to pronounce me. anything. Yeah, I, you just true. don't know
0: how to pronounce anything. You asshole. Yeah, that's me. <laughs>
2: It's probably like Anyways. it's it's it sounds Polish. That's so probably like Wokowski or something but never mind. Yeah,
0: yeah. But the, the 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 reason why that came to mind for me this week is I spent the majority of the last couple of days doing you know I I I try and split up all my research for the show over a couple of days. So I'm not just sitting there and doing a large block of looking at this toxic shit on the internet. That's good. Uh, I like I like to split it up a little bit for my own mental health. And uh, the what I was looking at this week for today's episode uh, took me down a couple of rabbit holes of some real fucking assholes on the internet, that sounds and I just
2: almost assholes every on the fucking, internet. No,
0: almost every fucking thing they write, every video they make, they use the fucking red pill because they're so goddamn shallow. They think that by grasping on to art, that someone other than them self-created and turning it into a stupid fucking metaphor for mm-hmm. their becoming a right-wing asshole, they think that they've done something amazing. And it's not. It's just no. fucking boring and lazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I can get on board with that. But that's, not, that's not the source material's <laughs> fault, I would say.
0: No, I would also say, it, it, like I said, it's a great movie. It's a special effects, mind-blowing for its time. It's just, it wasn't that, it wasn't that deep. Okay. It was not that deep. That's fine. Not that deep. It was not... Deep, deep, deep. I see. But anyways. better it. We'll move on. Of course, housekeeping. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on the social medias. And I want to stress this week how important those stars are that you leave us mm. over on... Uh, over on uh, iTunes, and also, you know, how important it is to us that people go and become a patron Mm. at patreon.com forward slash NYGBC, and this month, we got a brand new patron-only bonus episode coming out. We're continuing our patron-only book review of None Dare Call It Conspiracy by Gary Allen, and you know, I was talking to Benedict the other day. Oh, no. It's just you and me listening. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) He's not here anymore. Uh, but I was talking to him the other day. He was telling me he was out on the town. He was doing a little bit of looking around, and he, he went into a shop, just a small store off the side of the road out there in the big city of Manhattan.
2: Okay, yeah, that old country Walked inside,
0: Little country store out there in <laughs> Manhattan. We looked inside, took a look around, and the old shopkeeper was by the door keeping an eye on him, you know, those Brits, they steal. Mm. So he was uh, looking around, trying to not act too shady, and he saw something. He saw a bauble that he knew that Perhaps his wife would enjoy. Uh, but that bobble, that bobble, it was $1.99. Oh, no. When he got up to the cash register, Benedict looked inside his wallet. And what did he have? Communism. He had nothing, nothing but a single dollar. So Benedict wasn't able to bring that bobble <laughs> home to his wife. And when he got home that night, she beat him. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's not
2: funny. She, she beat him bad. <laughs> so Benedict, listen, listeners. At, at Scrabble. I would like to <laughs> emphasize that it was at Scrabble.
0: So, listeners, if you'd like to help Benelict get him out of that toxic household.
2: <laughs> uh, my wife wins at Scrabble every time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can go become a patron for as little as $2 an episode over at Patreon.com and help us out. Anyways, why don't we get started with it this week. Benelict, it is, of course, an interstitial week. Hmm. So we're not going back to our book review of Arguing with Socialists by Glenn Beck, but we are instead returning to the John Birch Society, my okay. first true love. Mm. I mean, other, uh, you know,
2: other than Dinesh D'Souza, yeah. I gotta say... Dinesh, Dinesh like, feel Did feel you like see I'm him in his him full, uh, full getup the other day? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh,
0: yes. At the uh, Frank speech <laughs> alley or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the great... I, I thought about doing that this week, but it was so terrible, so incoherent, and impossible to find footage of online because it was just, like, streamed through his stupid Frank website. Yeah. And he couldn't get it anywhere else. So I was like, okay, I guess we're not doing that. But Benedict, I have a couple of updates for you. Okay. Uh, because we've we've been doing some looking around, and a particular figure has raised his bearded head. Um, in the the world of the John Birch Society that oh, we've been no. looking into, and I'm referring, of course, to Alex Newman, okay. who was the host of the video we watched the last time oh, that we looked into the John Birch Society. Yes, our guy who dropped uh, drop <laughs> those those little those little droppings mm. of uh, Zimbabwe and Rhodesia.
2: What's it, uh, that, that, that George Carlin so special? Is it Brain Droppings? I feel like that, I, that's I think, what yeah, that, I think was, that is. Yeah.
0: possible, yeah. I think you're right, uh, but uh, I. I found that this guy is fascinating to me. And mm. um, for one thing, he's not as young as I thought he was. <laughs> um, I found it's a very it, old picture on the internet. No, no. Uh, he's, he looks very young in the videos he does. He's just, I'm, I'm bad at guessing ages. That's mm. all it is. Because I found a video of him on The Alex Jones Show in yeah. 2010.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so, you know, not, not certainly, he would have at least been a graduate of high school then, I assume. Um, I'm assuming at least a few years older than that, so he's, you know, he's a couple years older than you and me. Okay. Anyways, that's not the important part. The important part is I wanted to find out more about this guy, because he, he, it appears to me, is one, of, he, he's not officially listed as, like, a big wig in the John Birch Society, but he's handling a ton of their digital media content. And, you know, investigating all this, I'm, a part of what we're trying to do is figure out, you know... Some people who are associated with JBS may say things, but does that mean that it's something the organization believes? Is it really possible to even to figure out whether this organization has a set of beliefs or we just have to sort of pick at things piecemeal and figure out what they're talking about? And I think that looking at Alex Newman, given the uh, amount that he's integrated into this machine that they have over there, um, is an interesting way at finding out. About a few of those things. So in the future, uh, we're going to be talking more about him. But I've been watching a ton of his videos over the last couple of weeks. And I wanted to update from a few of the questions that you had over the last few of our episodes. First off, I found a video that he did. Uh where he was interviewing uh, uh, another gentleman. Um, Remember, if you recall, uh, when I told you originally about the John Birch Society, we discussed that Larry McDonald, uh, who was a Georgia congressman Mm. and JBS chairman, was shot down and killed when KAL 007 crashed, was shot down by the Soviet Union. Mm. I don't know if you remember that.
2: Yeah, yeah, vaguely.
0: Well... This video Alex Newman uh, was doing and interviewing this gentleman uh, was titled uh, "Larry McDonald, JBA- JBS Chairman on KALW 07 was kidnapped after the plane was shot down." Oh,
2: okay.
0: <laughs> so it was. I told you at the time. I'm sure they turned that into great propaganda. Oh, and yeah. I found. Yeah, of yeah, course yeah, yeah.
2: they. You were right. Have. Yeah, you're you're always right.
0: Yep. Uh, The other thing I found out about Alex Newman, because we we sort of posited last time when we watched him that he has some, um, shall we say, white supremacist leanings? I believe we shall. Um, I can pretty much verify that to be correct now. Okay. (laughs) Alex Newman, uh, he's... In like a dozen different organizations, and half of them have connections to the John Burt Society. Some of them are fundamentalist Christian homeschooling organizations. He wrote some bullshit book about how uh, the change from the phonic system to the look-see method was part of the socialist plan to destroy education in America, blah, blah, blah. It's all this nonsense bullshit. It It's outstanding, and I get the sense there's some anti-semitism tied in there too given that I, I didn't get the book And I haven't read it, but I looked at a, a couple of summaries uh, and watched a video of him talking about the book um, and some of the individual I always wonder whether it's coincidence that so many of the people that they blame for these problems um, Are heavily of the Jewish persuasion yeah. Uh <laughs> and is it a coincidence no. that they're all constantly blaming people who are Jewish, even if they don't say the word Jewish out loud? I don't know. You can make that connection yourself. But, Benedict, one of the things he is a part of is a very poorly put together blog slash wannabe news site, mm. you and I are familiar with the type, Yep. called The Liberty Sentinel. Hmm. And uh, I pulled up uh, one article from the site written by a man named Harry Boojans.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, and it is titled, South Africa. And I, I believe, and it's hard to tell, like I said, terribly organized, terribly put together. I can't tell who's in charge of this thing, but the one guy who's like, face pops up all over the place is Alex Newman. Okay. So like, he's he seems to be who's in charge of it. Uh, but this article is titled, South Africa, drop dead important historical facts. Oh
2: no. Is that and about it begins, apartheid? It's kind it be isn't it?
0: With all the lies and misinformation about South Africa being spread by communists, globalists, and the ignorant, it is important to set the historical record straight. What follows are some indisputable facts about South African history that are being hidden to justify the evil agenda now being unleashed. Belekt. Would you like to learn a few of these facts? No. <laughs> I know you don't, but you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> The first one, when the Dutch settled the Cape of Good Hope in 1652, the nearest black people were 700 miles away behind the 350 millimeter summer rainfall line with its higher rainfall and tall grass for cattle grazing. Their civilization was based on milk, and they invaded from the northeast, supplanting the indigenous Khoi and San. What? So there were, apparently there were no black people there when they came to South Africa.
2: Hold on, no who, but who were the who were who were the Koi and San then? Those, um... never ginkies? mind. Doesn't matter. Don't worry
0: about it. Don't, Don't worry forget about, it. about <laughs> it. Don't worry about it. Next, no indigenous Black South African person was ever enslaved by any white man from anywhere. Okay, but Nelson Mandela's amaSosa did enslave the amaFengu. Mozambique and Angola were the nearest places the Portuguese traded in slaves. The Portuguese slave routes bypassed the coast of South Africa. Most of that, obviously, absolute horse
2: shit. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but also, like, the South the South African apartheid regime tried to prop up mm-hmm. colonial governments in Mozambique and Angola as well. So I don't know where he's going mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one that might give
0: you a better idea of where he's going with this. I mean, Since I know 1814. Where he's going with this. The white Afrikaner has had no right of return to Europe, unlike the colonial Portuguese, British, or French. Today's young Afrikaner's great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was the last man with any right to live elsewhere. Okay. (laughs) Lastly, the Germans did not invent concentration camps. The British created concentration camps for the Afrikaners. That's true. It is true! (laughs) good but better this is all all this is is don't look at the apartheid don't look at the apartheid look at how
2: badly the white people have been treated why are we being anti-british here like it's (laughs) not like oh so now you feel uh, attacked yeah (laughs) let me tell you some things about the british empire Uh, (laughs) indisputable facts about the british empire uh so but
0: This this website is full of South African apartheid apologists. Why? That's who are be- these
2: people? What the po- what because the po- Alex po- Newman
0: is fucking- a white supremacist, <laughs> and I feel almost no compunction against saying that. I believe that is most likely true. He is a white supremacist. Allegedly, and f- say allegedly if you want. I'm going to go with absolutely. Um, because for one thing, he did an entire hour long interview with this Harry Boyan guy on his uh, YouTube program, which was again, just apartheid apologetics. It was it was literally I think I don't remember what the title of it was, I didn't write it down, uh, but it was all about white genocide. It was just white genocide yeah. an hour of it. so. It's pretty fucking bad. So, Alex Newman, we're going to get more Alex Newman in the future, man. And I just wanted you to be prepared for what the fuck we're going to be seeing coming up in the future. Fine. (laughs) Speaking of Benedict, before we get to the actual subject today, um, I have a little clip for you. Because, again, this is Alex Newman again.
2: It is Alex Newman Mm.
0: again. Uh, well, you're not actually, you you might hear a, a moment of Alex Newman, but okay. what this actually is, is, uh, like I said, I've been watching dozens of Alex Newman's videos, because I think he's probably my best insight into John Birch Society thinking, uh, as far as their YouTube channel and stuff goes. Um, and he, as far as, like, I try and stick with the videos they put up on the JBS website, thinking that that's probably, you know, at least one or two people have said, this is the best representation of what we think, let's put this up here, right? Yeah. And so this is something I found uh, just looking through the New American, which, remember, is the magazine of the John Birch Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an interview that he did in December of 2019 at a conference. Um, and these are a group of, I think they're either like high school kids or college, young college kids. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say their names because I didn't want to give them that level of privacy. But they did get in front of a camera with Alex Newman and do this interview. Uh, and they started an organization called Spark. Students protecting all rights for kids. Oh god. And mm-hmm. and what they do is they complain about assignments that they think are politically biased and wrong. Okay. And so that's what he talked about for the first like two and a half minutes of this this little video here. And I've just got we're gonna play like 30 seconds of this because he's looking through this binder to find an example he wants to show Alex Newman and he's gonna pull it out and he's gonna explain what this assignment is and I I love it, I just love it. Uh, These right here are uh, lenses that the students have to look through uh, to see uh, like different perspectives of, um, you know, culture and stuff, but Th- they're note cards with like descriptions and you're okay. supposed to like, think about something from this lens.
2: That's, right. That's okay. I is. get it. Okay, are they on the side of a mountain? The audio quality is awesome. No, no, they're in like a ballroom. But Al- here's the thing, Alex Newman, uh,
0: every video I've ever seen him do where he's actually somewhere with somebody else, he holds this like cheap, dime store microphone up to their face and i think it's just a crappy microphone he's got i I think that's the problem most of them are not like uh christian (laughs) or like you know uh constitutional they're more like uh (laughs) feminist and uh
2: they're like critical thinking lenses oh no (laughs) they want us to think critically oh no when i saw that when he
0: said that oh god damn it And and I I cut off the video there, but um, immediately after he says that critical thinking uh, line, Alex Newman realizes this has gone wrong and grabs the microphone away and tries to steer him (laughs) away into something else. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I feel bad. I I feel bad for that kid, right? Because that kid is me if I was much dorkier back when I was his age. Right? If I was 5,000 times dorkier than I actually am, uh, (laughs) that very much could have been me. So, anyways, Benedict, time to finally get on to our actual subject for this episode.
2: Okay. 25 minutes into it. I know, you always do this. You're like, we're going to do a short so, episode this week.
0: Well, sure. we're we're doing it short. We're doing it short. And the reason is, we've gotten a little bit of what we're talking about today already from Glenn Beck in the last episode. And we're going to be getting a lot of it in the patron-only bonus this week, which is the chapter of None Dare Call It Conspiracy we're going to be doing for patrons only. And we're talking about the Fed. So the Fed, do you know what it is, Benedict?
2: The Federal Reserve? <laughs> The Federal Reserve, you got it,
0: right? The Fed is the subject of, I want to say, a broad range of conspiracy theories. And it's hard to actually say any one conspiracy in particular because, you know, most of them have roots in deep anti-Semitism. And a lot of the more modern variations, they have actively tried to steer away with that by basically Mm -hmm. just saying at the beginning of it, now, I'm not saying the Jews did it, but, right? <laughs> That's how they try and do it, too, basically. Not great. But there are variations in how the conspiracy works based on, like, for example, whether the Fed is controlled by the Rothschild family, which actually controls the British government through the monarchy, which it has taken control over through blah 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 right? Uh, the Rothschild, of course, being a famous Jewish banking family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, conspiracies related to the Warburg family being in control of the whole conspiracy. The Warburgs? Which is another, the Warburgs, new, another new, famous new Jewish banking.
2: New kids on the block taking over. No, no the Warburgs,
0: oh, not the Warburgs. The Warburgs, Warburgs. Okay. The Warburgs. Okay, yes. Yeah. I I don't pronounce things wrong, unlike you. <laughs> uh, but, no, no, no. So the Warburgs is another famous Jewish banking family. Um, but anyways, it, it basically all goes back to The entire right hates the Fed, especially the wacky libertarian right. And the John Byrd Society, as we know, is the wacky libertarian right. The Federal Reserve Benedict, as you probably are aware, but Mm. maybe our listeners don't know, maybe not, uh, is, of course, the Central Bank of the United States. It's pretty simple. Most countries have a central bank. It's hard to get a lot done without one, and it'd be pretty stupid not to have one, as
2: we've learned. But here well, on uh, here on not your M- grandmother's book club, we're pivoting <laughs> to Bitcoin. So soon we won't need it. Uh, this show. Brought to you by the decentralized currency of Brit- Bitcoin Bitcoin. That's going to be my cryptocurrency.
0: <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> you know it is weird though. Um, a lot of the stuff I've been looking at lately, the John Birch Society. It's a lot more individualized whether they believe in Bitcoin or not. And I think part of it is that the JBS membership is a lot older than a lot of other uh, libertarian groups. So, so a lot they're of just like, what's just... a
2: computer, etc." Yeah,
0: I think it's a lot of it like t- inability to understand technology that keeps them from breaking through the barrier and understanding gotcha. what Bitcoin is. But libertarians, it is true, generally, do love Bitcoin because they are very gullible and don't understand <laughs> how anything works. Bitcoin is just an index of gullibility and money laundering that's all the fuck bitcoin is it has yeah, no goddamn value the, the it, mo- it has a lot of value in, in money laundering and well, ransomware
2: as you say there's a this lot of value to- this
0: is true absolutely so uh the federal reserve was started right after the panic of 1907 which we heard about from glenn beck in the last chapter we talked about right he talked about it as an example for how the Fed did everything wrong or how the government ruins things and blah, bitty, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. Glenn Beck, I'm pretty sure I actually I know hates the Federal Reserve and wants to end it. I'm not sure to what degree um, his Fed conspiracy goes. So the main strands of Fed conspiracy today, I'd say there's probably two. There's one that says end the Fed and that's the JBS side, right? They say get rid of the Fed. The Fed is a conspiracy of the communists and the globalists and the Jews who are trying to control the world through controlling our monetary policy. And as we all know, mm. nothing gives you better control and fine tuning over a country than monetary policy, which generally nobody really understands. And even the, the whether interest it, rates 1.
2: <laughs> if whether interest rates are 1.5 or 2. like
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So there's that side, and then there are people who are connected to that, but don't like to say out loud and the Fed, because they're also dumb, but not that dumb. People like Ron Paul. Ron Paul, of course, has long screamed for audit the Fed. That's his big thing, right? He's tried to pass dozens of bills to audit the Fed. Benedict, would it surprise you to know that the Fed already does get audited every single year?
2: No. It would not.
0: No, it doesn't. It's it's not surprising at all. Uh, So the audit the Fed movement, you get people like Ron Paul, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, who are all constantly pushing various bills to audit the Fed. And the reality is that they know that the Fed is audited. We know that because their bills aren't really about auditing the Fed. They're about giving the GAO control over the Fed's actions. Mm. The GAO being the Government Accountability Office. That would place the Fed more squarely under control of the president, whoever that happens to be at the time. And of course, Republicans hope that it's them. And that would mean that the Republican president, who Republicans generally want, mm. uh, could interfere with whatever the current interest rate is going to be, something Donald Trump very much would have liked to do during Kevin, his last term. Kevin, are you
2: telling me that Ronald Reagan didn't go to the Fed during his term in one of the economic crises and say, don't you fucking dare? raise interest rates (laughs) because i know that that happened so let's not let's not pretend that presidents don't already have some influence over over what the fed does
0: i'm not saying influence and here's the thing we'll talk a little bit about it but the federal reserve generally it's uh one of the things you hear a lot from the conspiracy theorists is it's no more federal than Federal Express. That's one of the common lines you hear. I hate from people, when people is, think they're
2: fucking clever. Shut the fuck up. I yeah, hate that shit. Shut yeah. the fuck up.
0: It's a bad line, and it's it's patently untrue, of course, because it is, of course, it's a quasi-public agency, right? The banks it, themselves are private, but the entire governance structure is appointed from the top down by the president of the United States with the uh, Senate approving by a two thirds majority, right? So mm-hmm. all the, the board of the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen and all those people you've heard of, Jerome Powell, those are all appointed by the president. And then they make decisions that trickle down. It's a quasi uh, public entity and it's an independent agency. So it has that buffer because we don't want political figures who have motives that may not be for the best uh, benefit of the country at any given for in the long term to interfere for short term political gain. Mm-hmm. That's the general idea behind why we have that layer of insulation between the president and the Federal Reserve Board. So the whole it's not federal, like the Federal Express thing, that's obviously patently bullshit. It's created by an act of Congress. It's governed by laws that Congress passes. Congress sets what its target is, right? Whether it's to uh, avoid inflation or to maintain full employment or whatever the case might be. Uh, so that that's all controlled by the federal government. It's absolutely federal. But in most recent times, those people like Ron Paul, people like Ted Cruz who scream about the Fed, The most influential figure, who you probably never heard of, is actually a guy named G. Edward Griffin. Mm -hmm. So G. Edward Griffin wrote a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island, which I believe came out in the early 90s, like 1993, 94, sometime like that. And it's a conspiracy book about the Federal Reserve. And uh G Edward Griffin's a very interesting guy himself, uh, beyond all of his Federal Reserve uh conspiracy theory bullshit, which everyone who's ever read the book uh who has any actual credentials is like, uh, ah, it's it's horse okay. Um he's also a noted uh cancer denialist. Oh good. Yep. He you thinks know how you cancer can deny is actually cancer. Yeah, he actually thinks cancer is a uh vitamin deficiency.
2: Oh, cool. That's that's
0: what it actually is. So awesome. you can cure it with vitamins. It's very easy he's to also cure them. Also, a chemtrail believer. Okay. And oh, God, HIV I forgot about fucking
2: chemtrails. <laughs> Holy shit. That's like, yeah. oh, my God. That's like my teenage years all over again. Wow. I know,
0: right? I used to get into long arguments with a buddy. When I was a mechanic, my best friend, my best friend was a conspiracy theorist. And he was a Jewish guy. And it always, I'd always ask him, like, dude, so many of these conspiracies you believe in, like, the people who are supposed to be behind it are always the Jews. How yeah. do you believe this shit? And he'd always be like, yeah, you know, I just ignore people when they say that stuff. Yeah. Oh, it was they they, they argued,
2: require so much cognitive dissonance anyway. You might as well go Right, around. right.
0: But I spent so much time arguing with him about chemtrails. I really did. That was one of his favorite things was chemtrails. Anyways, none of that matters. Uh, also an HIV AIDS uh, denialist, of course. Doesn't think that AIDS is caused by the HIV virus. Um, thinks that actually the medication for HIV causes AIDS. So, whatever. Weirdo dude. But the most distressing thing to me about G. Edward Griffin is that he looks just like a guy named Clive Custler, who was an author who wrote a bunch of books I really loved as a kid that were about... A guy named Dirk Pitt, who was a marine engineer who went around saving the world and stopping catastrophes with his buddy Al Giordano. It was great, and he looks just fucking like him, and I'm so bothered by that. So bothered. Got like, just like a ring of white hair from head to beard all around his head. It's, ah, damn it. It hurts me so much. But so Benedict, right, the Federal Reserve Conspiracy Theories, I think... If people want a better look at it, uh, they're going to want to become a patron and listen to our whole review of the chapter on the Federal Reserve stuff because I think None Dare Call It Conspiracy, other than The Creature from Jekyll Island, None Dare Call It Conspiracy is one of the origination points for some of this hardcore anti-Fed stuff. In modern times, The Creature from Jekyll Island is the book that all the Fed people are citing, right? Ron Paul cited it in his book. Uh, Ron, uh, I think, the whatever it was, Ron Paul Goes to Washington or whatever. I, I own it. It's packed up in a box right now, so I can't look at the title of it. Okay. But um, in that book, Ron Paul cites the creature from Jekyll Island, cool. which, of course, is this horseshit conspiracy book. But, so if you want to hear more about the Fed conspiracies outside of what we're going to do right now, go become a patron, patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. We're going to be talking about it a lot in the patron-only bonus. But we have a, a, a video, as I like to do, on these interstitial All episodes. Right to walk us through this. And, Benedict, we have two people I've already mentioned in this episode. Okay. Can you take a guess? <sighs>
2: Can you
0: take a guess who we're going Did right? I
2: go into a fugue state and do one of these videos?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, that's, is yeah, it Alex, Alex Newman, Newman again? Fucking Alex hell, Newman. dude. you got to stop I can't this. get away from the guy. And G. Edward Griffin himself, oh, wow. who is still alive. Okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, guy's still around. So here we go. Uh, this is from... Oh, I got to tell you a little bit about this before we get into it. Uh, this is from an event in 2020, last year, called Red Pill Expo. So that contributed so this is, yeah, to okay. my this anger is, over the Red yeah. Pill bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then when I was looking into it, I, I wanted to know, like, what the fuck is this Red Pill Expo? It's like for people who can't get into frank speech events. They go to Red Pill Expo, right? Gotcha. If you can't get a speaker slot at one of Mike Lindell's events... You go to Red Pill Expo. Let's do it. All right. So, like, no, I got it. I gotta tell you, man. I got don't don't rush me.
2: I, I gotta tell you what's I'm going say, on I'm here. I'm It's exciting. Let's do it. Come on. On the on the speakers
0: list for Red Pill Expo from this year was David Raznick, oh. uh, PhD, uh, who lists himself as AIDS advisor to South Africa.
2: Okay. He's an
0: AIDS denialist who never advised South Africa. He just went down there and tried to convince everyone that AIDS wasn't real. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty bad one right there. What?
2: Who? Uh, is, what are you doing? Like, uh, how? I don't, are you, no. Why? Why is that your thing? Just stay where you I, are. <laughs> is he? American?
0: <laughs> uh, I have to assume. God, just stay
2: there. For fuck's yeah, sake! Yeah, like, absolutely. oh yeah, I'm gonna I fly to fucking South Africa and tell them that this horrible disease mm-hmm. isn't real or virus or whatever.
0: Another gentleman named Andrew Kaufman who lists himself as one of the most popular... Isn't he popular. a comedian?
2: Andy Kaufman?
0: <laughs> Maybe it's one and the same. Oh, that would be great.
2: That'd be, that'd be right up Kaufman's alley. That'd be Just right up a, Kaufman's doing alley. doing a bit as Andrew Kaufman. Like. <laughs>
0: Uh, he lists himself as one of the most popular and internet banned truth tellers. Strikes at the heart of the greatest medical hoax of all time. All right. Virus? Virus? What virus is the name of his talk?
2: Okay, so they're all virus, what virus so apparently people. Apparently he
0: doesn't believe viruses exist. I have no, to assume that's seen, COVID yeah, for that yeah.
2: one. But then th- that's what they're all famous for. Just not believing stuff that's scientifically mm. provable.
0: Yep, yep, Of course, Alex Newman, he was there at, uh, at the Red Pill uh, Expo. Sure. Uh, another guy whose name is Payman Motaday. Oh, shut uh, the fuck up. No
2: way is that someone's name.
0: M-O-T-T-A-H-E-D-E-H. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but Say whatever. it again? Pa- Payman Motaday. That's just I, I. It's the best I can do. No, sorry. To I meant
2: spe- it. D- don't worry. I meant spell it again. I'll
0: tell you off the air, buddy. Sure. I'll, I'll give you the Red Pill Expo's URL and you can go take a yeah, look. Yeah, right. right. Uh, he's listed as financial planner, tax consultant, and founder of Freedom Law School. And for some His reason,
2: talk- doesn't think polio is real. Also, like <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but better. You know what he doesn't think is real? Oh my! The income God.
2: tax. What? <laughs> Is an income tax denialist. Wow, how do you <laughs> even? Has he seen a pay? Has he just not been paying tax for the last 20 years? No, Can we just? Okay,
0: here's what's hilarious. I actually looked into him because it said Freedom Law School. That can't be real. No, it's a YouTube channel. Yeah. um But I, right. I did some Googling and I found that I think, and I can't bear, I didn't take the time to verify, I should say, but I think he had a partner. Who is currently in federal prison for <laughs> conspiracy to defraud the government by not paying income tax and getting a whole bunch of other people not to pay income taxes? Great. It's oh. so good. It's so good. These look, I I would fucking love going to this event. You know I would just eat this up. There's another guy who's part of the constitutional sheriff movement, which thinks that sheriffs are the highest authority in the land, and no court can touch them. No court can tell them what to do. They alone are the authority of law. It's fucking amazing. Anyways, we'll get into this video of G. Edward Griffin and Alex Newman at the Red Pill Expo in October of last year.
3: Hey. Howdy, folks. Alex Newman with The New American. We are here at the Red Pill Expo on Jekyll Island, the scene of the crime with the man himself, the man who not only exposed the crime but gave us the formula and the instructions and the information we need to not just solve the crime but to reverse the effects of that crime. Um, what? Jedrid Griffin, who really needs no
2: he just—he's just on a roll of bullshit. It just doesn't make. Eight. He just—he just
0: said the same thing like five different ways. Yeah, layers. that's
2: the same thing he did last time. Of just like word yeah. association with stop the crime, layers.
0: reverse the crime, undo the crime. It was all the same shit.
3: No ...introduction, uh, is also the founder of the Red Pill University, Stop giving the chairman him chairman of this then. Red
0: Pill Expo, the man who... Oh, by the way, Red Pill University, another one that made me blow my fucking oh, head God. about the Matrix. Uh, it's just his personal fucking blog. Yeah, that makes sense. It's
2: just a fucking blog. Yeah, in the same way Prager, PragerU is... Uh...
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: All this happened. This is by far the biggest and best that we've ever had here at, uh, at
1: Jekyll Island. It's just incredible. Ed, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Alex. It's my pleasure to be with you, and my pleasure to be here at this great event where so many people have come to stand up without the.
2: He sounds a bit like Jimmy Stewart.
0: (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. And and what hurts me is, again, I've never heard Clive Custler talk, (laughs) but he just has that sort of warm, grandfatherly voice that, like... Yeah, you just sit there and listen to him. And that's how I imagined Clive Kessler sounded. Yeah. Because I love that man. <laughs> he passed away last year, and I'm so sad about it.
1: <laughs> Out there masks and to show that they're human beings, and you can see the expressions on their faces when they talk. It's quite refreshing to be here. Okay, so it's really a COVID is, it's, it's like being in a... In a... Yep. Oasis
3: of sanity amid this whole sea of, of craziness. Ed, uh, you wrote the book *Creature from Jekyll Island*, and you know that really took the message about the Federal Reserve mainstream. You've been on Fox News talking about it. You've been on some of the biggest TV shows and radio shows in America. And this is by
0: being on Fox News. He means he's been on Glenn Beck talking about. Yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I, uh, I I read like two pages of *The Creature from Jekyll Island* because it is available online as a PDF but it's like 600 fucking pages and it's just boring as all shit and so uh... I, it is not a book we will ever be doing for this show you don't have to worry about that Good.
3: this has become really a mainstream issue we had the the overwhelming majority of the house of representatives supporting ability to audit the fed between you and and ron paul and congressman larry mcdonald who's actually, whose son was here earlier today we interviewed him um, you, you guys are the ones who made this happen you guys are the reason why americans now recognize what happened to our money and our economy um, nope. Give us an update, what's the status, uh, where are we headed, and what do we need to be doing to get rid of this monstrosity that has hollowed out our economy, smashed our middle class, and, and, and really used these levers of power uh, against that?
1: us? Well, yeah, there are some facets to that question, where are we, where we're we headed, uh, what do we do about it, and all that kind of thing. Well, can, I think we yeah. can sort of work our way backward on that question. Uh, we, I think most people know that we're in trouble right now. and. Uh, where people are talking about how the economy is being bruised and shattered and broken.
2: Pause it. So, okay, yeah. So No, I'm, sure. <laughs> uh, a few things. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Yeah, yeah, a few things. Um, so I, I actually, I have a question, like what, and I don't know if you know this, but like what were these people saying, what did these people say during Republican administrations? Well the same thing. They say the same, the same thing. thing. So they're consistent because on it at least.
0: Yes, yes, but their argument is that the Fed, right? Remember the old, the Fed is no more federal than the Federal yeah, Express, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. Under a Republican administration, they would probably say that Republicans don't have the power to do anything about this. Yeah, us. or like they tax policy is, is
2: counteracting the damage right. done by the Fed.
0: Right, stuff like that. That's that's what they would say. Okay, And under a Democrat administration, they'd say, well... We'd never get anything we needed through to stop the Fed from destroying the world like it wants to.
2: The Democrats are in cahoots with the Fed.
0: Absolutely. Something like that.
2: Okay.
1: And we don't see much evidence of it because it takes a little while. There's a lot of momentum to something called an economy. You know? And especially since the Federal Reserve that's...
2: So, yeah. (laughs) That, exactly. But
1: part part of the reason why I'm playing the even playing the intro of this
0: video <laughs> is to let you how, hear how long these people can talk without saying a goddamn yeah. thing.
2: Please please tell Donald <laughs> Trump that there is momentum to the economy and it takes a while to destroy it. Uh, 2018.
0: He on. knows. He tried. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Since that's our topic, which is the the uh, part of this picture that these guys can make money out of nothing which they're doing so they're they're just creating money literally like it's printed monopoly money it's that easy to make and they're sending everybody their little twelve hundred dollars worth and so the the in, initial effect is sort of dampened by that because oh well I, I guess i'm okay for now but w- all these companies have closed so um, i it? guess the, the majority.
2: this is pretty rich from a guy that has clearly made a fortune from a bullshit book talk about making yes. money up here <laughs>
0: Well, okay. To be fair, I don't know if you can say made a
2: fortune. I didn't say uh, I a fortune. Think... I said made money. Oh, did I say okay. made a fortune? Okay. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Uh, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't get the impression, based on everything I've seen um, and how he dresses and, and various other clues, that G. Edward Griffin has made a spectacular amount of money in his lifetime. Um, but, you know, basically, the, the rest of the intro of this video is just more complaining about, they're printing money. They're printing money! They're but wait,
2: did you know they're printing, printing money? Yeah,
0: they're printing it. Cash machine go brr. So that's that's the beginning. But I'm gonna skip ahead a couple of minutes, okay, uh, and get, get us close to the end where they start actually talking about things that are a bit more interesting, okay.
1: Still exists. They say, oh, the free market in America, look how terrible. We're all suffering right now. The prices are screaming really high. We've got to get rid of the free market system, get rid of capitalism. Lordy, Lord, we gave, got rid of that 40 years ago. <laughs> That's why we're in the...
0: So we got rid of the free market forty <laughs> years
1: ago. Pre
0: Reagan, who, like the- who does that sound like to you? Pre
2: Reagan, we got rid of the. How? Who does that sound like to you? Sounds like just like fucking Glenn Beck shit. It does, yeah. Imagine and pick a fucking different year, dude. Like the <laughs> Reagan is your guy. No, oh, we got rid of that forty I, years I think, ago. Has you so just I think forgotten how long to. ago Reagan was in power? Like,
0: no, I think he's referring to getting off the gold standard. Because again, the, these same Fed conspiracy people are the same people obsessed with the gold uh, gold standard, and, they, and the two conspiracies tie together actually, which is why right we talked a lot about the gold standard shit with uh, Glenn Beck last week. Um, And it ties into the Fed conspiracy theory because a lot of the conspiracists say, oh, that was the final blow that the Fed was looking for. Because once they were no longer shackled to the gold standard, they could just print as much money as they want. And it was, you know, fine. We've been fine ever (laughs)
1: since. We've had
0: ups and downs. We've been fine. I mean, it's was that was
2: that not way more than forty years ago that we we came off the gold uh, standard?
0: No, that was in the nineteen seventies. I mean, it was Nixon,
2: but then F- FDR started the transition of coming off the gold standard.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't remember what year we got off the gold standard. I couldn't tell you. Off I the mean, top of my head, but I'm pretty F- sure it was in the FDR 70s.
2: started it, and then Nixon in seventy one I think completely abandoned the ability to re- to directly convert dollars into gold. But yeah, sounds right. Sounds right to me. Anyway, more than 40 years ago. Gee, Edgar, whatever your name is.
0: Yeah, don't expect him to be good at math.
2: No.
1: And the trouble we are. So anyway, all of this is part of the mystery and part of the challenge of this story of the Federal Reserve System. The first step to recovery, and that is where this question leads, is what are we going to do about it? The first step, no matter what, analysis you have and no matter what solution or strategy you have, the first step is the American people have to, en masse, understand a little bit about the money system.
2: (laughs) If only everyone thought the same things I think, then it would be fine.
0: That's absolutely it, right? And they they always try and say that it's this whole thing I think we talked about before where uh, Republicans try to pretend that there's this secret knowledge that nobody else has, and everyone would be so amazed if they just knew these secret things, like the Democrats were the party of the South <laughs> until the Civil Right—that kind of shit. They always yeah. play those fucking games.
2: The party of the right. KKK, yeah. It's like nobody it's
0: the teaches this. It's secret knowledge, okay. and if we could just get people this secret knowledge, then we'd be able to solve all the problems, right? It's always that same thing.
1: Yeah. As long as they think that that the Federal Reserve System is a government agency, and as long it as they is. think that their elected representatives are responding to the will of the voters uh, and not to the will of the bankers, and the voters s- send them letters oh. telling them what they want, the bankers send them checks.
2: Does he have so a point you know there, which Kevin? envelope
1: they open first?
2: Well, okay,
0: <laughs> this is another one of those cases where. You think he's <laughs> speaking metaphorically No, no, that's true He's I mean, speaking no, 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 literally no, I don't
2: think he's speaking metaphorically I think that is a thing that happens He's talking probably about a different process than we are And a different end result No,
0: no, no uh, You and I, right I, I don't, nobody denies that fucking bribes exist And nobody denies that fucking, you know, campaign donations yeah, exist Yeah, ca- I'm
2: not even talking about but bribes I'm talking about campaign donations Like, obviously right, you listen better, to your most the- high-profile donors
0: Again, you'll learn more about this when we do the patron-only episode, but this conspiracy is a little bit different than I think you're envisioning it. This is not your basic bankers-influence-politics-to-do-what-they-want. No, That's I not know. this conspiracy I know, is. I know. The conspiracy is much more literal. The Federal Reserve and the central bankers are the insiders who have direct control over all the governments of the world because they have purchased sovereignty okay they have purchased sovereignty when governments have come to them needing loans they have said we will give you these lo- loans in exchange for some of your sovereignty sure. this is part of the reason why we constantly hear fringe right-wing weirdos screaming about sovereignty i think it ties in more than we might think And you'll hear about it when we read None Dear Call a
2: Conspiracy. God, I can't wait.
1: first and which one they pay attention to, until Americans realize that that's the system we have and we better change that, then there's not much we can do. But I'm hopeful, having said all of that, I'm still hopeful because right now the pinch is so tight that many people are waking up and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? They, they know that something is wrong and a certain percentage of those, they you know, 3 to 15 percent are asking questions with the idea in mind that, hmm. What am I going to do about
0: 3 to 15%. it? I'm going to stand up and
1: be Huge personally base. responsible and see what I can do to change ah, things. Personal That's responsibility. all we need: three to 15 percent in that range. And if we can, if we can uh, provide reliable information and leadership and Pause strategies it. and tactics that
2: Sorry, there's a truck outside. Um, three. It's not like herd immunity. Like we only need three no. to 15 percent to get a critical <laughs> mass. What the fuck are you talking about?
0: It's if
2: he's only looking for
0: three to fifteen percent, that
2: is a pathetically low critical
0: mass. Yeah, but it also may be a pretty good approximation of what percentage of the country are conspiracy weirdos.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's about about fifteen percent said they believed in QAnon,
1: right?
0: Yeah, you know he might be onto something there
1: we put forth and if it makes sense to this group of people they will figure out a way to do it and it'll be done through congress and what? Uh, that's a long road uh, but it, you got to start somewhere Pause and the first it. step is to
2: he was just like people don't listen to their congress like congress people don't listen to their constituents but i think if we can get 10 percent of the of the people out there to to think right. of something well, then we I can think, really influence congress what the fuck are i you think doing he's
0: saying i think he would say something along the lines of that uh yes most Congress people don't listen to the people. They listen to the bankers, but the insiders, but these new ones, these these heroes, these valiant warriors like Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, these courageous know nothings, <laughs> these are the ones who listen to no one except for the voices in their head. So I think that's who he would look to, to be those guiding lights.
2: Yeah.
1: To create awareness of the problem and not only really just of the problem but the cause of the problem which is this artificial thing we created called a banking cartel but it's we call it the Federal that. Reserve System yeah, okay. that has to be abolished if we don't abolish the Federal Reserve System the Federal Reserve System will abolish America Cool. Yeah. no question about it Ed and I, no I agree question about
2: it wow no <laughs> intellectual curiosity from Alex Newman there Good. by stuff. the way he,
0: he is uh uh, g edward griffin has a lapel mic on but alex newman is still holding a microphone right into his face while he's talking (laughs) so i don't know must be somebody else's mic i don't know what's going on there but yeah alex newman coming in with absolutely no curiosity literally dave rubin
2: levels of oh wow what a great idea this is journalism
0: my friends (laughs) this is journalism (laughs)
3: I think we're heading into some real tough economic times. And I think it's almost a certainty that the fake media will tell us that this is the fault of the free market, of capitalism, of too much freedom, of what? Uh, a president who didn't agree with globalism. You know, we're going to hear the propaganda. So this is a strategy question. How can we get around the propaganda megaphone that is the establishment media? How do we make the American people aware that the real source of the economic pain is not the free market, is not rejecting globalism, but it's in fact the monetary system and the the crazy government policies that have been implemented?
0: So there's something important here that I do want to pick up on, which is that we've been listening, right, for these last couple minutes. The reason why I, I skip forward to about seven minutes in and what we've been hearing, all they're talking about is this thing about getting the message out. Yeah, getting to people, getting past the fake media. I think there's a recognition on their part that this is absolute horseshit and they have no chance of ever ending the Fed. But this is what they make money on. And in order to keep their audience, in order to get them engaged, to get them to pay, to come to the Red Pill Expo, Mm -hmm. or to get a subscription to the New American, or to join the John Burt Society, whatever the case, Mike, is... They need to keep them activated. They need to keep them angry and talk like this, even though it's, you know, he's talking to Edward Griffin, he's talking to the people who are watching the YouTube video. By the way, only about 2,000 people watched this video on YouTube. They might've watched it more somewhere else, but all this language is about reinforcing in the, wa- the viewer's mind, the in-group, out-grouping, right? You are the elite few who get it, who know what's going on. You're all into it. You know what's going on here. You guys, you guys, you're, you're with me, and we're going to win eventually. That's what I think is going on here with these questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, let, let's see what they say about the, uh, what is it, the new American being the best way to get around the fake news media. Let's, <laughs> let's see if that's one of the options.
1: Well, I think we, we can get around it. Uh, simply, I didn't say easily, but simply, simply by telling the truth and proving it, being very sensible about it, being very careful that our documentation is correct and accurate, right. don't, get, uh, don't, ex- yeah. don't exaggerate things like we about. have a temptation yeah. to do because we say, I've got to make this more dramatic than it really is. It's, it's, it's hard to get any more dramatic than it really is right now. It's just <laughs> describing himself. So I think if we just tell the truth as, as we have been doing in a very calm way, but stressing, nevertheless, the importance of it, then the challenge becomes how do we increase our audience? And that is really it. That and is And that's the why challenge. the forces on the other side yep. are doing everything possible to deny us any access to media, mm. taking people that talk as we Cancel do, taking culture. them down off of social media. They're they're shadow banning them. They're taking their Shattered. videos off I of YouTube. So people. that's all part of the problem, and that has to be solved, and I think it's being solved by building alternative media, oh alternative my. channels, that's uh, that's competition to... Uh, YouTube and, and Vimeo. When Vimeo took me down, I thought, well, Vimeo is this nice little company. They're not going to be concerned about these political things. Bang. <laughs> so God we just asked. have to find new ways, and that's happening, and I think, it's, I think it's good, actually, that it's happening because it forces us to be more realistic about the battle we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Ed. And so uh, one more question. Uh, what is next for...
0: So we don't need to go any further okay. there. He does. I I, I know you would hope that he would do a call out to the New American. He does at the end of the video sort of go back to, you know, you can help out by smashing that subscribe button, that sort of thing. Uh, Because you know how great journalism always, always ends with hit that subscribe
2: button. (laughs) I mean, that's that's what got me to subscribe to The New York Times. so.
0: So, right. The Fed conspiracy. We didn't get too deep into it on this episode, but I I wanted to give just a little bit of an overview, and I wanted to introduce people to G. Edward Griffin, who is a man who is so adept at saying so many words without saying anything at all. Like I said, his book is about 600 fucking pages, and it contains absolutely nothing. It's just a massive book of words with almost no fucking meaning to it. (laughs) I said I read a couple of pages. I I skimmed, right? I went and skipped through from here to there and looked at a couple different things, and it's it's really just pointless and boring. It's like he could have turned it into a decent mystery novel, but there was really nothing there of substance. There just really isn't. Um, and all the all the summaries I, I read, everyone who reviewed it, and all the academic responses to it were just like, yeah, this, it's just horseshit. He's just making stuff up. Um, so again, it's not something we'll ever be reviewing, but the Federal Reserve stuff it all gets back to Jewish bankers. What else can I say about it? It's all about anti-Semitism. It's all old school anti-Semitism. That's what the Federal Reserve conspiracy theory is. And I'm so excited to get to it in None Dare Call It Conspiracy uh, because the chapter we have coming up that we're going to be reviewing this week, uh, we're doing chapter three, which is uh, titled The Money Manipulators. And then the next one, chapter four, we're going to be doing after that. It's called Bankrolling the Bolshevik Revolution. And if you aren't familiar with conspiracy theories like I am, that's old school anti-Semitism right there. Yeah, Bolshevism,
2: cultural Bolshevism, (laughs) financial Bolshevism, yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah,
0: oh yeah. That's when you get into people who yell, the Jews started all the wars. Yeah. That's when you get into that stuff.
2: Anyways... It's been fun. Nope. I've enjoyed it. Been I lit. disagree. No, nope, hates it. I,
0: you never do. But nope. you're, you're a miserable, horrible person. I am. I am a, minor, um, I'm
2: a m- misanthrope.
0: Who just because you couldn't get your wife that bobble, you just have such a terrible week, a terrible time, and I, I really can't help you. You just, you need to see a professional <laughs> who can, who can really give you some help on this issue. I'm sorry, uh, but maybe people become more patrons, then we can, uh, we can get you some help that you need. Yeah, maybe it's possible. So anyways, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Benjamin Carlyle, Dexter, Allison, Corey Bidding, Megan Ruth, Glaurung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Steven and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taro DeCannon, Skeptical Seventh, and Andrew Jenko. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, you think the darkness is your alley, but you may read a little dark.
2: Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.
0: book club podcast is a production of kevin and benedict productions copyright 2020 all rights reserved music for this podcast is by silverman sound studios find out more at silvermansound.com. that was my bane
2: that's good (laughs) you think the darkness (laughs) is your ally you have to
0: you have to muffle you have to muffle
2: more (laughs) you think the darkness is your ally (laughs) you really adopted the dark i was born in it (laughs) you I think I nailed I think that best. with no practice, to be honest. <laughs> I
0: think that you, the very end there yeah. <laughs> with the high pitch, you nailed that part. You definitely <laughs> nailed that part. <laughs> <laughs>